Thank you guys so much for coming and listening to Nonprofit Spotlight. Today we're here with Kimberly. Kimberly is the vice president of SLC 6A1 Connect. And we're here, we're gonna be talking a little bit about what they're doing, all the fun stuff they're getting down to. Um, so the first thing, Kimberly, is I wanna go back to where everything started, specifically for you and the organization as a whole. Kind of take me back of what started everything for you guys. About four years ago, my son, Charlie was diagnosed with a rare neurological disease named SLC6A1. And we were given this really debilitating diagnosis. He was the only known person in Kansas City where we live with this disease. Um, and the doctors knew nothing about it. I, of course, went to Google and started searching for clinical trials, other families that were dealing with this. And I stumbled on a nonprofit named SLC 6A1 Connect that was started by a mother who had received the same diagnosis for her son a year prior to us. She immediately quit her job, started the nonprofit, and devoted her life to developing a cure. Her name is Amber Freed, and she is the vice president of our organization. Um, I shortly joined forces with her and I'm now running our local chapter here in Kansas City and run it under the name A Cure for Charlie. Charlie's my son. And um, we just are hyper-focused on developing a treatment and a cure for SLC 6A1, and we won't stop until we get there. Awesome, awesome. Thank you for sharing that with us. So when was SLC 6A1 Connect? When was that founded? Yeah, the organization was founded in 2018. Um, what's interesting about that is that is just a year after the disease was ever even discovered um, and on genetic panels. So it was quickly after it was found, um, Amber was able to get things moving and start a national nonprofit. Wow, that's awesome. Um, so you guys use charity auctions today. Yes. Um, but what other besides, you know, auctioning off things online, what other events do you guys do and what kind of success have you seen with that? Oh, yes. We do a very um, grassroots kind of fundraising, I would say, at our organization. It started off really small. We would do Facebook fundraisers, um, GoFundMes for each every one of the um, families that are comfortable doing that. We really heavily relied the beginning on our friends and family just donating and helping us kickstart our research um, 100% of the dollars we raise goes directly back to research and a treatment. So that has um, been a really useful tool, but um, it makes every dollar very meaningful. Um, I host an annual pickleball tournament here in Kansas City. We just had our third one, and it's been very successful. Every year we seem to um, bring new folks out, gain more followers, I, in Kansas City, do ab about um, 12 events a year. I try and target at least one a month. Um, it could be flower-making classes. It could be a golf tournament. It kind of ranges from all shapes and sizes, depending on um, our volunteers throughout the city and what kind of interest we have. You just did your third annual pickleball event, um, yep. which is a yearly thing. You're doing the online stuff on charity auctions today. So the money that you guys raise, where does that go to? Yeah, uh, all the money we raise goes to funding different um, universities and research labs on studying our gene and helping move 
um, the needle forward to a, ultimately a gene replacement therapy is what our end goal is. Um, there's a lot of steps to get there. We've also been able to fund a, um, a clinical trial for a new seizure medication that has been extremely successful for the, the 10 children who are in that trial. And we solely as a organization um, spearheaded that and funded it. So uh, we've been able to give at least a little temporary relief to those families. Um, so obviously the main goal with all of this is to find a cure, right? Because I was watching on your website how it's like, it's not if there's going to be a cure, it's just a when. Am I correct when I said there's like a certain amount you guys yeah. are wanting to raise to get to a point, right? Started off very isolated. We had one university. We had one dollar amount that we needed to hit to really move that research forward. Um, since then, now the organization's been around, you know, five years. We have expanded and um, caught kind of wind in the research realm of um, folks who want to help cure rare diseases. And so now we have so many researchers worldwide working on our project. So the dollar and the target is is changing and moving by the day. Um, we're funding new projects as they come to us and as they make sense. And we're funding multiple um, projects. They're all different. They're all um, important to driving next steps. And some of them are, again, gene therapy. Some are Band-Aids, like this clinical trial. Right. Um, but they all improve the lives of kids living with SLC6A1 and ultimately their entire families. So we want to, we really want to come to a place where each and every family has multiple options, whether they think a drug or a gene therapy or what if we stumble on something else that might work um, we really want to uncover everything we can and um, give up leave the options to the the families right a hundred percent so um you've been with the nonprofit for a while now right so off the top of your head after being in an organization like this raising money having a goal you're trying to get to what kind of advice for other nonprofits listening in right now say they're just starting out, they're, they're maybe struggling a little bit, trying to raise money for their cause. What kind of advice comes to mind for people just starting out like that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's such a challenge. Um, and so much of it, I think, depends on your skill set and your network and your community and the folks who are um, able to show up and support you every day. I feel very fortunate that in my situation, I'm an event planner by trade. So planning fundraisers has been very easy for me to do. Um, that's not true for every family and every person running a nonprofit, but tap into your friends, your family, there's volunteers and other, and other parents who, I mean, that's in the rare disease world, I can say other parents, but other constituents who wanna help and maybe your strength is marketing and you have somebody else who can really help you run the events or your strength is accounting. So you just gotta find those people cause we're all not good at everything. Um, accounting's definitely not um, my strong suit, but um, it is Amber's. And we have now a few other moms who have stepped up and help us and we have a grant writer and we just have people filling in in different areas where um, we may not, you know that our strengths might lie so 
say yes, look for help, um, and don't give up. I, it can be very discouraging. Um, I am not against taking small breaks for yourself and your mental health, but don't stop because if you're passionate and if um, you can build the right team around you, I really believe you, you can get there. Yes. It's like a community, even if it's like, you know, just in Kansas city, or if it's all around the world, it is that community aspect that cultivates over time. What have you found the most success in when it comes to advertising fundraisers you're putting on things you're auctioning off? Obviously we have our platform, but there's so many different things that people use. So what have you found has worked the best? I think first I have a very strong community that we already had supporting our family before we received this diagnosis. But I initially started off um, by going to the local news and that helped spread the word. And even people that knew me that maybe hadn't heard our story saw us on the news, complete strangers saw us on the news and have supported our family. Um, And now I've been in the local news at least a dozen times. So I've just stayed in front of that. So the local news, I think, has been was a really good starting point for us. And then just um, continuing to do the events monthly. So we are bringing new people. They're bringing friends, staying in front of us. And then social media. It is huge. It can be discouraging. It can be exhausting. It is something you have to commit to. You can't just dabble in it. You truly have to stay um, in front of all your different platforms and One advice I do give is making sure that you give not only, um, you know, the, the ask what, you know, you need to ask for what you need, but you also need to remind people of what impact their dollar is having. So show them their dollar app, you know, what their dollar is doing. Um, I share very vulnerable and personal pieces of our journey. I really feel like because I've shown the good, the bad, the ugly, people feel like they are on this journey with us. And they, like the day Charlie is cured, I know we will have the biggest party and so many people ready to celebrate and be there. And I make sure to thank those people along the way because we wouldn't have made this progress without them. I love that advice, that is great. Last thing, last question I always like to ask is like, what's the biggest win you've had so far in the organization, whether that's, you know, research wise, whether that's monetary um, donations? Yeah, I kind of touched on it earlier. I'd say our biggest win was our clinical trial. So we did a funded a small study based and we got this money off of a um, Facebook um, fundraiser that we did for Giving Tuesday, and it was our it was our seed grant money to um, test a bunch of already FDA approved drugs um, in a research lab to see if this would benefit our kids. And we luckily found one that seemed really promising. Unfortunately, it was the most expensive drug in the United States, and it's a drug that our kids would need to be on forever. So this was a long road, but we did ultimately work with the manufacturer and were able to um, fund a trial for 10 kids um, alongside them and two other local universities. And today um, we have 10 kids still on it. We have kids on it nationwide that are not a part of the trial. 
and uh, it's just been incredibly successful. We have um, kind of the poster child of the trial was having hundreds of seizures a day and now is having zero. That's life-changing. And it what, is like, absolutely life-changing. Well, people in similar situations, it's not like a fix it. It's a, a band-aid, right? It, um, but knowing that that is possible, knowing that there's this whole community with so much hope, it's amazing. And I think that's like one aspect of a lot of nonprofits people don't touch on enough is like the community aspect where whatever you're going through, whatever the end goal is, like you're with a group of people that all have the same motivation, momentum to want to get there too. It's, I mean, hope is just as, is so important, especially in cases like this, right? Yeah, um, so I, I, love I kind of feel like hope is a, is a word that translates to every aspect of life. If you don't have hope for anything, any right. profit, rare disease, for a better quality of life, anything, like you just lose your ambition. I truly believe that. But in rare diseases, it's really, really easy to just want to forget it all. And it's super isolated. It can be very isolating and very lonely. Um, but the hope that you can improve the life of your family, your child and others is what gets me up every morning and knowing that it's a real possibility. I think if we thought that there, this was a long shot and there wasn't actually hope for a cure and a change, it would be really easy to give up. This is exhausting. I work full time. I dedicate so much of my time to our nonprofit and to fundraising. That alone takes a lot of toll on my family, additionally to the disease. But knowing that it's temporary and that there's an end goal in sight and that the community can come together and rally around us and the good we have seen come out of this really like sad and hard, ugly thing um, has just been so heartwarming and overwhelming. I wouldn't it's wild because I wouldn't wish this disease on anybody. Um, but I also know that we're walking away with a lot of gifts because of it. And that feels a little weird to say that, but people, community, hope, just right. so much positive. Um, and that knowing way. that you're being that, that hope for other people, right? Being the vice president of something like this and, and talking to, I'm sure, countless families that are going through the same thing you went to and knowing that you're this light in this dark tunnel of obviously it's super sad situation. Wouldn't wish it on anybody, but of any case scenario, this is like the best thing that could have come out of it. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I think it's important um, to just share that SLC 6A1 Connect is truly just a couple of moms who stopped everything to make a difference. I'm so inspired by our founder and our nonprofit. Um, our found, I'm so inspired by our founder and CEO that I could, I get emotional when I talk about her because I don't know if we had been given this diagnosis for Charlie that I would have had the ability, the, the knowledge to do what she did and walk away from her successful career, stop everything and build this nonprofit. I kind of, as hard as it is for me, I know that I have it easier than she did because she had laid the groundwork for me to just come in and be more of a support staff person. Um, but she's driving 
she's driving all of this research. She is known in the rare disease world. Um, her Amber Freed is just go, going to go down in history um, as someone who had a lot of impact on all rare diseases. And it's really inspiring to um, work alongside someone like that. Yes, definitely. That's awesome. Um, uh, and I feel like also just talking with so many nonprofits, it really is just your normal day-to-day -day person who has just works a full-time job. And then when the kids go to bed, okay, we're, put, we're putting in the grind, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, and everybody's wearing multiple hats. That's, that's one thing also when it comes that to like true. talking yes. to all these people, there's three people here and we all have seven jobs each, right? In our case, we also have sick children. So that complicates right. it too. A yes. job, a sick child, a family, and then I do this as a I, kind of like my fourth job. So um, it's definitely it's challenging. I know it will be worth it, um, but the the small kind of local and grassroots nonprofits we don't have the same resources. I'm not getting paid to do this job. I'm a volunteer, um, and I wouldn't want it any way, other way. I wouldn't want to take money from such an important cause. Um, so it's, it's just definitely unique in that, in that way. Um, but I think it's why we get so much done. Well, Kimberly, thank you so much for coming on nonprofit spotlight. Everyone, please check out all of their information in the caption below. Go check out SLC6A1 connect, go check out a cure for Charlie. They're doing amazing things. Thank you, Kimberly. And we will catch everyone in the next episode of nonprofit spotlight. Bye guys.